it's some interesting voice verses. I, I, when I read this again, um, realising that I'm gonna, I was going to have to say one or two things on about this, I just sort of thought to myself, because I'm the person who's currently putting the programme to de- get together, and I sort of was thinking, who, who put this in the programme? <laughs> then I realised it was me. But um, this is part of scripture, and we can't just pick and choose the easy bits or the best bits or the bits we like. For some reason, uh, God... Uh, wanted us to have the book of Malachi. Uh, And it's not an easy read, and um, it's obviously we're going to jump into a very different world than the world that we've got um, today, and yet hopefully what we'll just be able to do very briefly is pick out some things that might still be relevant for us in the context of today's world, even though it would have been very, very different at that time. Um, I wonder if we could just put the the passage up. How many slides did we use? get it on because um, it might be useful to have it up there and we'll just stick with those and I'll tell you when to move on um, Bruce that would be great so what's the main point and the purpose of this little bit of scripture Okay. and if I was to put it in a nutshell I think I would say this Malachi rebukes the people for breaking faith with God and one another by marrying outside the covenant Um, So that means outside of uh, a Jewish relationship. Indulging in groundless divorce and thinking they can cover such sins with a show of religion. The word faithless, or actually in the NIV, it's unfaithful, actually occurs five times in those few verses that we read. So we read verses 10 to 16. And in those few verses, the word unfaithful uh, is repeated five five times. Malachi's purpose in in such teaching is to warn and rebuke that sin can't be hidden by religious, religion, sorry, or shows of religious enthusiasm. So let's just go through and see, see what some of the problems were and maybe what we can learn from those. Someone's glasses case here, is that yours? Um, so the, the first problem and you, you'll be able to see that in those first few verses up there the first problem was that, uh, that what the people, what the men were doing is that they were leaving their Jewish wife uh, and running off to find um, a, wi- a wife of a, somebody, of a group of people that worshipped a foreign god uh, back in Exodus, and they would have known that this was uh, the sort of thing that they shouldn't be doing, uh, it says this, Obey what I command you today. I will drive out before you the Amorites, Canaanites, Hittites, and Pezzarites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Be careful not to make a treaty with those who live in the land where you are going, or they will be a snare among you. Break down their altars, smash their sacred stones, and cut down their Asherah poles. Do not worship any other god, for the Lord... Whose name, is, whose name is jealous, is a jealous God. Be careful not to make a treaty with those who live in the land, for when they prostitute themselves to their gods and sacrifice to them, they will invite you and you will eat their sacrifices. And when you choose some of their daughters as wives for your sons, and those daughters prostitute themselves to their gods, they will lead your sons to do the same. A bit heavy stuff, isn't it, really? But what Malachi is saying is, is that actually the whole thing, and that's why that word unfaithful, which is repeated so many times, 
is about people whose relationship with God breaks down because they end up doing something that takes them away from God. And the first thing that Malachi points out to them is that, actually, you know, if you start to get involved with somebody who thinks very, very differently from you, who worships another God, who does all the things that we know um, you shouldn't be doing, then you will get drawn into that if you're not careful. That verse 16 in Exodus, And when you choose some of their daughters as wives for your sons, and those daughters prostitute themselves to their gods, they will lead your sons to do the same. And Malachi says, this is you being unfaithful. I really like the way that you said, Alison, when you talked about the passage, because this isn't um, just about one thing. I think what Malachi is doing is using the the relationship of man uh, and wife in this situation, but actually it's about all our relationships with whatever relationship you have that drags you away. I always remember my headmaster saying to me, you're getting in with the wrong crowd, Andrew. And um, I was getting into the wrong crowd because the wrong crowd were doing things that perhaps we shouldn't have been doing. Um, I won't tell you some of the stories, but I always remember getting into the wrong crowd with someone and uh, stealing a car engine from the uh, technical um, classrooms and dragging it along the edge of the building and taking it out to the car park and leaving it there just because we wanted to. Um, I was getting involved with the wrong crowd. And the point of that was that it was taking me away from actually what I should have been doing, which was sitting and learning uh, and being a good lad. And I suppose what we have to say to ourselves is that any relationship that we have, for all sorts of different reasons, can draw us into doing something that is not God-honouring and that will not be good for us. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges for young people when they go to school. Um, It's a big challenge for people when they go to university. And we've prayed, haven't we, for the ones that have just left our church family to go off to university. Uh, Wing and uh, Jonathan and Abby. And they're going to be faced with lots of challenges. They're going to be faced with people that live a very different lifestyle to the ones that they've been living. And we must pray for these people who are in situations where they could could get drawn into doing something that isn't good for them as Christians. So that's the the crux of the problem. Um, That's what was happening. And um, Malachi says that this isn't good. This is taking you away from God. And because you are allowing yourself to do that, you are becoming unfaithful to God and unfaithful to one another. And so the second problem is, is about actually... Malachi goes on to say that you think you can sort of cover this up by actually going to do the festivals and doing all the things um, that you, in the synagogue that you feel that you should be doing and you should be doing, but you, you feel like if you're doing that, it doesn't matter if you're doing the other stuff. Um, in Leviticus chapter 20, it says this, The Lord said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, Any Israelite or any foreigner residing in Israel who sacrifices any of his children to Melech is to be put to death. The members of the community are to stone him. I myself will set my face against him and will cut him off from his people. For by sacrificing his children to Melech, 
He has defiled my sanctuary and profaned my holy name. If the members of the community close their eyes when that man sacrifices one of his children to Melech, and if they fail to put him to death, I myself will set my face against him and his family and will cut them off from their people together with all who follow him in prostituting themselves to Melech. Melech was another god. Now that's all heavy stuff, isn't it? And I did say that we would sort of jump into a world that is very, very different from ours. But what Malachi was actually saying is, is that, you know what? Um, you end up doing things that aren't really real. That aren't really you, because you're doing all the other stuff as well. And I suppose what we might learn from that is actually attending church and worshipping God doesn't cover up the other stuff. It doesn't cover up the other stuff. Um, you know, there's, there's an awful lot more days when we're not in church than when we are in church. And uh, we might, I might, appear to be uh, all lovely when I'm in church and be as miserable as whatever when I go to work tomorrow morning. Um, and so what I do here doesn't cover up that. It's, it's being a bit disingenuous, isn't it? And I, I think we need to, to really challenge ourselves to say that um, are we trying to do things that actually don't really show up who we're really like? And I think if I go back to those, those people who've just gone to university as well, I, I remember it, was so, it would be so easy for me um, to have gone and <coughs> been someone else while I was away and then been the person that everybody thought I was when I went back to church. And again, it's really hard because some young people, they get trapped as do older people in almost living a, a double life. I remember for a long time my brother kept coming to church when really it meant nothing to him. And it took him an awful lot to actually be honest with my mum one day to tell him that he'd actually stopped going. And obviously that broke my mum's heart. But actually he was living a, he was living a life that wasn't really true and people can start to get into those really awkward, difficult situations and I think it's really important that we pray that um, for those people that are in, in a challenging situation where to actually live out their faith and be who they are while, and the same way that they might be at church is really, really important. And then the, the last big issue that Malachi um, was talking about was the, the problem of unfaithfulness to the wife of the marriage covenant. Um, and if we go on to the next slide, we'll see that verse in 14. Can we go on to the next slide? You have been unfaithful to her, though she is your partner, the wife of your marriage covenant. So what was happening? Oops. <laughs> oh, right, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was just standing here letting her cough away to... <laughs> Sorry. Um, so what was happening was that these people... Uh, it's interesting, in those days, if you, if you wanted to divorce, it was only the man's right to do that. And actually, what's, what the odd situation was, actually, you could have 
can't get my words out tonight. No, not, we're not going to use one, isn't it? Pol- polygamous. Polygamous relationships. The mind bubbles, doesn't it? Um, but that actually was, it, it was sort of accepted in those days. And, and Malachi's saying to these people, you know what, you, you married, uh, and it would have been very likely that they would have married quite young and they would have been married to a Jewish woman and it was arranged in their childhood, as many, as many of them were. And what they were doing was is that they were finding people who were living a very, very different lifestyle to them, worshipping different in gods, and then divorcing their first wife and then um, move, moving in with the new one and, and, and being drawn away from God and being unfaithful to God. And Malachi says, you know, this, this what you're doing is, is making you unfaithful, not just to your partner, the wife of your first marriage, um, but actually to God. Unfaith is a really interesting word, isn't it? Because I suppose the, the thing that I just want to leave us with is, how would we be if we were unfaithful? To God. What would we do if we were being unfaithful to God? Have another read of those verses again, perhaps, and just pick out where the, the unfaithful words come. Or that um, it's being unfaithful to one another in, in the earlier bits. So we can put the previous one on. Let's see if we can find them as we finish off. Can we put the brilliant? Do we, all, do we not all have one Father? Did not one God create us? Why do we profane the covenant of our ancestors by being unfaithful to one another? So Malachi was saying to these people, you know, you're, you're getting divorced, you're, you're going off and you're, you're worshipping other gods. We're being unfaithful to one another. Judah has been unfaithful. It's a scale of it. A detestable thing has been committed in Israel and in Jerusalem. Judah has desecrated the sanctuary the Lord loves by marrying women who worship a foreign god. As for the man who does this, whoever he may be, may the Lord remove him from the tents of Jacob, even though he brings an offering to the Lord Almighty. The point that Malachi is saying is he's actually doing that. Doing that has taken them away from God. It's made them unfaithful to God. And whatever relationship it might be, whatever thing you might do that takes you away from your relationship with God means that we start to be unfaithful to him. Another thing you do, you flood the, the Lord's altar with tears. So you, you go and you go to the Lord's altar and you make out that you're loving God. You make out that you're doing all of the things um, through your offerings to make out that actually you really, really love God. But actually it's all disingenuous. It's not really real. real. Why? Because the Lord is the witness between you and the wife of your youth. Your first wife, uh, you have been unfaithful to her, though she is your partner, the wife of your marriage covenant. So you've broken that marriage, you've broken that marriage, and what you've done is you've gone away from God as a result of it. Malachi rebukes, let me finish by reading what I started off with. Malachi rebukes the people for breaking faith with God and one another by marrying outside the covenant, indulging in groundless divorce and thinking they can cover such sins with a show of religion. The word faithless or unfaithful in the NIV 
is repeated five times. Malachi's purpose in such teaching is to warn and rebuke. Sin can't be hidden by religion or shows of religious enthusiasm. Let's pray, shall we? And let's just pray for those young people that have gone to university. And let's pray for ourselves. Dear Heavenly Father, we just pray for those young people that have left this church family to go away and uh, be at university. We thank you for their faith. And we pray, Lord, that you may protect them from getting involved in things that will take them away from you. Keep them close to you. Give them Christian friends and Christian uh, church families that will support them and encourage them. Help us to be honest to each other. Because we know, Jesus, that sometimes we do feel ourselves sometimes being drawn away from the very things that we believe. Whether it's because of our work or our relationships or... um, just because of our state of mind. Help us be a church where we can be honest with each other and not have to put on a show in any way. I'm just reminded of that verse when, uh, I think it's in Jude, isn't it, when it says you, you snatch them from the fire. You grab someone and pull them away from something that isn't going to be good for them. Help us to do that in loving in a loving, sensitive way, Lord, in this church, in this family. Help us to be, to do all of the things that we say we know we should do here on a Sunday. The songs that we sing to, to worship you, the, the passages we read in the Bible, the prayers that we pray. Lord, I pray that they may all be just as real tomorrow morning. Wherever we may be. And that we are faithful to you. That we hold on to you, we follow you and we always do what we can to do the things that you want us to do. In Jesus' name, Amen.